0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Teen Muscle Radio and in this episode I talk to my good friend and fellow natural bodybuilder Harry Johnson. We discuss how he balanced university with his bodybuilding preparations. So Harry has competed in two times in 2013 and 2015 and he has had varied success. Um, His first year was a bit difficult as you'll find out and his second year was more successful getting into possibly very close to elite level conditioning and it's very interesting this podcast to listen to Harry speak about how he really dug deep into creating a positive environment for his contest prep and how he had struggles in the gym which actually led to some tearful moments, which is really interesting for me as I was very close to those moments as well. So for you guys, this is going to be a great one, especially if you are at uni or considering uni in the future and wanting to balance that with the contest prep or a bodybuilding endeavor so sit back relax and listen to episode 12 of teen muscle radio right okay <clears throat> hello and welcome back to episode 12 of teen muscle radio and i'm really happy to have you guys the listeners back for another episode so if you are on youtube you will already see my guest however if you're listening on audio my guest today is harry johnson a lot of you that follow me will know harry for sure we've collabed in the past and are very close friends anyway and communicate on groups etc on a very close basis so i'm sure a lot of you know harry and are excited to listen to this podcast but without further ado, as per usual, I'll let Harry just introduce himself just a little bit, give himself a bit of a background for the listener, um, and then we'll go into the topic for today. So go ahead, Harry. Cheers. Uh,
1: hi, guys. My name's Harry. Um, like AD said, me and I have been friends for a good few years now. A uh, bit about me, um, I've just graduated from Cardiff Met University um, in sports, conditioning, rehab and massage. So that was a focus on strength and conditioning work. Um, I also compete in natural bodybuilding, so I've done two shows in that, dabbled in a bit of powerlifting, but uh, bodybuilding's where's the heart at. Um, Currently work in Tesco's, I don't know if that's a big deal, but I do, and I coach alongside that, so coaching's where my my passion lies, and yeah, so next year's work on building that, got my master's plan for September, Mm -hmm. down strength and conditioning, so hopefully that's the route I'll be taking from now on.
0: Cool. So very very busy guy a lot going on fingers in a lot of pies as you can hear and one pie. thing that i would like to also add is give a give the listener just a roundup of your sort of your competition history within natural bodybuilding
1: okay so i competed first time in chipmiller trophy 2013 uh in the bmbf southwest uh, there was four in the group i placed second um first show was really good fun and i really got stuck into it didn't know what I was doing, prepped myself the whole way, um, and then dead happy with that, qualified for the finals, um, lost my way a little bit and didn't end up getting there. So, took a year out, focused on uni, competed again in 2015 with the NPA, uh, that was the NPA South Southern, I believe, South West, uh, where I placed third out of eight, I believe, and um, Really good show, brought my best look. Um again qualified for the finals, but I didn't do it. Uh, a lot going on at the time. So that's that. The plans are to compete next year again, um and make an actual season out of it. Mm. Should be should be good.
0: So for context as well, like Harry they did get really diced, like we're talking, seriously diced, so um, those placings obviously reflect a very competitive natural bodybuilder anyway because all the federations that Harry has competed in are very competitive but I think to sort of give those a bit more of a bump like Harry did achieve serious yeah, conditioning so, that MPI, it was a tough class yeah tough definitely, class. I think Jack Gad was second and then the overall winner was first or something like that like it was seriously was competitive
1: 400 kilos of mass
0: yeah. big, big lad <laughs> big lad So, yeah, like seriously competitive natural bodybuilder and obviously doing a lot of other stuff, which is why I want to speak to Jack. uh, I want to speak to (laughs) Harry today. Sorry, I'm getting all confused. So, yeah, I want to speak to Harry today basically about how to balance university with a bodybuilding lifestyle. So, whether that be in a surplus or in a deficit, the main thing that we want to touch on is obviously dieting, how to optimally diet um, or how Harry would say that the best approach to dieting or gaining whilst balancing the busy lifestyle that is university and um, I think that the first sort of thing that I want to touch on Harry is give the listener an idea of like your daily routine so what would say take us back to last year when you're in the midst of prep, like bad days of prep, what would like a, a usual day in maybe like give us a sort of a roundup of like maybe a busier day in the life of a uni student who's prepping?
1: Okay. Um, so it's very diverse uh, when you actually look at it because it's so different. Mm. Um, you Because know, when I was prepping, I went through term time and then through Easter where there's nothing. And then back back to term exams, you know. So there's a lot going on. Mm. Um, I think like take a a normal day for example. Then you know, throughout the week, I'd go to about twelve hours of lectures, nice and easy. I'd have work outside of that, Um, and I found the work life very easy to get hold of. You know, because I like my academia, so sticking to that was was fine. Um, Mm. Revolving training around that, dieting. It is what you make of it. Uh, So a busy day, it's tough because it wouldn't, you know, I'm the sort of person that would work around that.
0: Sure, sure, sure.
1: Um, So a busy day would be planned. So planning at uni is a big thing. Mm. Um, Making sure you know what lessons you got. So for example, I didn't miss a lecture at all from my second or third year. So everything that was attendable, I attended. So there's no chances of oh, I can't do a lecture because I have to train, or vice versa, everything was fitted in. Um, It's put into approach that I strict diet as well. So for those of you who don't know, there's sort of strict diet, flexible dieting. Flexible dieting is tracking around that, what you eat, um, hitting set goals. Strict dieting is the same thing every day. Mm -hmm. Um, So this worked for me. So I knew what I was eating for breakfast, lunch, dinner, everything. Um, Which is one reason I found my contest prep relatively straightforward the second time um it didn't feel like it was dieting because what it
0: was the first time like in terms of dieting was that more of a flex or was that did you not know what to do
1: okay so to put it into context the first time i dieted i i think it was before i went to uni um so i had not been to uni. i think it finished college ah, okay and i think i prepped then or it was i don't know but regardless when i was doing it i didn't have anything on Um, So what I did was, I'm a real OCD person. So for those of you who know me will know how, I've got to square my laptop up a little bit. Um, (laughs) Will know how uh, intense I am with my OCD. So first time it was six set meals, strict dieted again. I'd wake up at the same time every day. I'd eat my meal dead on eight o'clock. You know, 7.59, I wouldn't touch it. Eight o'clock, it would be gone. Um, And then I'd have the same routine every day. You know, I'd catch the same bus, train at the same time. Um, come home, eat the same meal, shower, You know, do everything the same every day because I had no other um, distractions. Yeah, so I didn't sure. work, I didn't have academic work. Um, it was a real tough time. Um, but my whole life revolved around contest prep. Um, and I, I've never had a coach, so it was quite, it was just all me. Couldn't tell me when to slow down or go quicker or do this or do that. It was my interpretations of what I had to do. Um, so that was tough uh, trying to manage it. Sort of parents didn't really understand. That made it hard. So it was just me um, doing it. So that time was real strict, real to the point. Um, I stopped lifting heavy. Started eating little. Lost a lot of size, a lot of strength. Really hated doing it. Um, lost it afterwards. Mm. Put, it, put, it, put it straight. Um, and Sorry, then
0: I have a question <laughs> about the OCD um, front because purely because I I know how it feels a little bit like my ocd or tendency to ocd with things like ocd traits i like to put it as it got worse as i got leaner and also it it got worse when i got out of it so how how did you feel describe like how you feel if someone or something messed up that routine because that obviously you had a massive routine like even down to the time that you eat put some food in your mouth I, I probably wasn't that bad <laughs> one, one but, thing um, I
1: remember of you because I came and see you a few weeks ago didn't I oh, no. and you wouldn't let me shut the boot of your car <laughs> because you had to come around and do it and I remember I'd done it you had a right go at me for it <laughs> tough times
0: yeah shutting the boot um, of my car wouldn't allow anyone else to do it but me had to do it a certain way <laughs> <laughs> um, so like the first time it was OCDs in regards to
1: timings and stuff like that yeah, um, sure. second time I uh, competed, it was a lot more flexible. So obviously, you know, I had the same meals each day, but I'd eat it, you know, I'd eat breakfast at seven o'clock to ten o'clock, whatever time mm. it was. I had no fuss about getting there because looking at the big picture, as long as it goes in, no big deal. Um but habits got really bad. So I don't know about you um or other bodybuilders, but when I'm prepping I find I'm real motivated. Sure, you know, yeah, totally agree. Shit, shit gets done and yeah. it really does because I think a lot of people revolve their life around food, but when food is, they can't change it, you sort of start dealing with other stuff. Uh Um, So I find like my my productivity would be through the roof. Um, And that made routine really good, but it made it a really OCD routine. Mm. So everything was done. Um, One part I had, which was something OCD, was my girlfriend at the time came around, told her not to untuck my bed because it was so square and perfect and lovely. Jumped in it on my of bed and I made it go home. Um, you know that's uh, that's the sort of routine <laughs> I got into. Um, she came around looking for a good time and I sent her back. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> did that stress you out more then? Do you think having obviously oh. see the OCD trait because it definitely did with me. Like I was not only like that with uh, the car boot, but also the way that I closed my bedroom door. And like I remember someone maybe my mum or my sister messing it up and man that's just stressed me out so much yeah. um so i definitely think that that probably has a negative impact if you're agreed on that
1: yeah definitely definitely like the routine was really good um and especially towards the end of when that sort of sucked me up for my third year so the way okay. uni works is you come in your first year this is a three-year course. Come in the first year, you get introduced, bit of a DOS. You pass the year, happy days, you go on. Second year is the more academic year. So you get chuck shit loads of work, loads of course, when you got to do it. Mm. Uh, third year is sort of the specialized application year. So okay. you know you focus on what you want. You do external stuff, like me, I went and had placements and stuff, stuff like that, um, dissertations, so work okay. with more direct but more intense in that direction. Mm. Um, so, my second year and that o c d and that routine definitely set me up for a a well run third year um which you know has its benefits um but then you, you know you get the benefits of that it's the the lack of benefits of other things um so whereas my academia went really well, my relationship with food and training was really bad mm, okay. so um there was balance issues there uh, and that sort of happened both times, so especially with uni when I finished competing the second year was hard because I'd done real good drive for it really doing my work did my exams and my last exam was on a Wednesday and that same week my show was on Sunday and that Sunday I had to pack so before I left so I say Saturday night packed my dad's van up tanned up went from Cardiff where I'm at uni to Exeter where the show was and then back home so it was a huge change one day of everything stopped uni yeah. stopped contest prep stopped you know i was back home where there was nothing and obviously placing third at the time i was pissed you know you go wanting to win but then we're looking back at it now everyone says this but looking back you know you respect where you placed yeah. um, I de- definitely um you know that was really tough so then coming back to uni in september was hard balancing that uni life with trying to get over food because remember when I saw you, didn't I, just after my show before you competed again?
0: Yeah, sure. You saw me at the Southern really after, like, really close after you competed. And then you came down when I was still prepping. Um, And I can remember, yeah, you had sort of maybe a little bit of a rough time post-competition. And I went full on level
1: cloud. I got fat.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Why do you think that happened? Do you think that was mainly primarily down to... The fact that you had such like solid goals in place, and obviously this is maybe a pro of, of balancing uni with, with bodybuilding is the fact that you can actually be so focused on having a bodybuilding show that it makes you more focused for the uni work and you smash both out of the ballpark, which you obviously did because you did very doing very well at uni. Um, but obviously the, the con of that is, is when it's sort of over, you have a huge what like, maybe it could be called like a goal dump or something like you dump the hell out of all of your goals and you're left with very minimal stuff to do um so what do you think is the main reason for sort of things falling off track post-show and describe what sort of happened
1: so yeah i'm I'm a very goal driven person um i like to know what i'm doing um i'm the sort of person if i if i need to do i do it and if not it literally gets fucked off um so having that goal is ideal for me. I know I'm going to compete next year, but I'm not worried now because I know when the time comes and I have to do it because I've got an endpoint, it yeah. Um Which you might say is not the best way to look at it, but that's how I work. So I think that's how I do it. Um, so yeah, like everything ended that one week, dumped on my goals. Having an actual endpoint is so important. Uh, I think a lot of people neglect it like you know you hear a lot of people like i want to lose weight and they can't lose weight because they haven't got a goal yeah. like you know, i want to i want to lose some weight or well, what do you want to lose a pound 20 40 do you want to go to the gym or you know i'm a big believer in having goals having time scales um and being set towards achieving the task you set out to mm-hmm. um so having coursework and stuff was really good um while at uni because that took my mind off everything so my dissertation, for those of you who don't know what a dissertation is, it's like a, a self-made study. So you create the question, you go and answer it. Mm. Um, into writing my study, which was ten thousand words, and doing the testing for it, you know that was over. I was seventy hours, you know, and this was uh, five, six months. So it's a lot of time de- designated to one thing. So distractions at that were really good. Sure. So you know, for people who are at Union want to compete. One big thing you can do is just get stuck in your work. You know, because we've all been there where we just had a meal and we're counting down for our next meal, especially yeah. in the like the deep days of content prep when you know you finish one and then you're literally straight on your watch. Um, getting on with work is a big thing. Um, just being in- engaged in what you're doing taking sure. your mind off food competing and yep. um, that's a really big thing but then put into that I always trained to so take a sort of training perspective I always trained at sort of two o'clock every day
0: okay yeah um, I was gonna ask that yeah
1: yeah because one uh, I know that you know but I use I work on a time block basis okay. so I wake up Um. I don't know the moment because obviously I have no academic work but during that I'd wake up I'd have a time block in the morning i do a few things that, that will normally be two to three hours. So sort of finish about 12 o'clock, mm-hmm. um, eat, get ready, go to the gym, get there for about two, train, come back and do another block in the evening. Um, you know, so I, one big thing that gets me is when people are like, oh, I can't, I can't train because I have work or I can't train because, you know, I've got other commitments. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, I never miss a lecture. I had to get, uh, stupid amounts of hours for external things like placement i had to do 100 hours worth of in a year i had to get massage hours for my course i had to write a dissertation do this and that um and i was rammed but one thing i didn't lose was my training yeah and um, you know it was easy to make time for it
0: how would you say did you change your split at all or make any adjustments to training as a result of like maybe a busier time schedule so for example if you had like a block or two like busy months of uni would you make any adjustments to your training or would you sort of train through like like would you reduce volume would you go through like a sort of maybe a deload week when you had exams did you ever make sort of like lifestyle adjustments in order to sort of cater to a busier uni schedule
1: um yes yes i know okay. uh, no i didn't change it that much because the training was my getaway like I said you know when I'm in the gym there's no work there's no dissertations there's no anything else it was literally me um, doing what I love doing so that made it you know nice to go in there mm. um, training if you don't
0: find that like maybe a busier week promoted high stress and then if you had like heavy like massively heavy squats when you're lean or something like that did you find that that was maybe hard to handle or would you be the type of person that would just step up to the challenge with that are we talking during contest prep here yeah during contest prep obviously like did you make any sort of adjustments obviously you had like exams very close to your competition date so did you sort of change anything around in order to allow that sort of thing to come in because i knew like maybe myself i think I made I made some element of adjustments when my jobs changed around. I know that also when I had an old job as an estate agent I had like one day a Thursday where I worked from like 8:30 until 8:30 and on that day I just wouldn't ever train and I didn't <laughs> ever do cardio on that day, That's so a shit I'd day just that. be ruined. Yeah, right. <laughs> be wrecked. So um I always took that day off completely. Um, And, you know, did you ever have, like, busier days and you would sort of schedule a rest day on that day? Like, did you sort of, quote-unquote, periodise your training to fit a uni schedule at any point? Okay. Um, I'm
1: going to break that down into three bits. And the first bit is, second year I competed and had exams. Third year I didn't compete on exams. And now I have nothing. Okay, so when I competed with exams, that was tough. So... I, people who know me, I'm quite a mindful person, real, you know, in my head. Yep. Um, So when I started prep competing, you know, my squats were about 170 for five. Um, This was a January time. By the time nine weeks out came, because I knew it was nine weeks because Easter started, I sort of stopped squatting. Everyone went home. I was left in the gym by myself. Training sucked dick big time, really, (laughs) really bad. Stopped squatting completely for about four weeks uh and then about two weeks out i was like you know you fuck this just start squatting again and i think i'd managed like 80 for like four or five oh. and,
0: and that's no. how tough it got you know no so
1: i did kind of move around my training
0: for that what did you do instead of squats out of interest leg press
1: yeah lunging leg presses extensions and curls and stuff like that Kept there's nothing... a lot of
0: quad my quad like quad development as a result <laughs> Oh, AJ. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, Your quads look good. I'm,
1: I'm oh, one yeah. of the. I yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like, okay, come off of this a little bit then. But then, when I'm. My leg day is my favourite day. You know, same as I know yours is. So when I was training, there was a real lot of emphasis going to legs. You know, real good blood flow, good growth in them. Mm. You know, they're solid muscle. Um, and then I compare that to like, you know, if you knew me, I well, I'm, I'm 30 pounds overstage stage right now, and I still got leg veins. So, sure. you know, they're they're a real strong body part. Um, compare that to my midsection, my chest. They're not bad, but they don't have the same intensity. You know, they don't. They're not vascular. They're not dense mass um, compared to my legs. So, it was hard to take. But it was literally get in the gym, pump the hell out of them every time I could, and then yeah. and then leave. Um, uh, yeah that was tough um, so you
0: may be like there maybe one of the only changes was the fact that you sort of maybe took out some element of compound lifts yeah yeah, ish. I, but would you yeah. do that again or not no no. and no. why wouldn't you so, out of interest not, so <laughs> if you were following my
1: insta posts
0: <laughs> of course insta
1: 4, I look my best about nine weeks out yeah <laughs> which is really bad to say um but it was at that point where i stopped lifting heavy ah, okay. i so i started competing at 180 i got to 154 on stage at 155 or i think but i looked my best at about
0: 162
1: hmm. uh, you know glutes were coming in and then it got to that point where i stopped lifting heavy lost a lot of mass did so, you
0: did you stop lifting heavy and equate volume with lower loads or did you not really track volume at this point like, did you did you keep volume the same and just drop the higher intensity stuff, or did you just stop doing high intensity stuff and thus dropped a load of volume as well? <laughs> um, yeah, dropped a lot of volume. Nah. Didn't didn't have it as intense. But you know, when I competed the first time,
1: I stopped lifting heavy and I had low calories. I said that already. When I competed yeah. the second time, kept calories real high. But I barely went below twenty two, twenty three hundred, hmm. um, even from one day well, we had about 800 but we won't go there
0: <laughs> and uh actually go know. there what what happened uh, why did you have it i think I remember <laughs> you speaking to me about this why did you I, have I, 800 I, I, calories on contest prep so i was 10 days out it was a wednesday um and i
1: hadn't done anything off diet the whole time so i dieted 18 weeks yeah so i'm 16 and a half weeks out no 16 and a half weeks done week and a half out and uh gone through I bought like my, a warrior I bought, <laughs> bought my girlfriend some cookies because it was a birthday you know, I was feeling nice really good cookies by the way um,
0: Okay.
1: I bought them and I was sat having a coffee you know, doing some work and I was like I'm going to have one I had one <laughs> tracked it in my, my fitness pal Ben and I wasn't I wasn't strict tracking so I had to find all my food stick it back in track these cookies in um, and then I was like well I want not too bad I've got loads of calories I'll have another one Okay. Um, you remember I said as well I train at 2 o'clock every day yeah stay I had a mate stay the night before so we trained at 10 in the morning
0: oh, so my day
1: was four hours ahead so all out of whack everything was out and I literally went ham on these on these cookies called a mate um who's competed before was like you know I fucked it and he's like well when's your next refeed and I was like well Thursday tomorrow and he's like pile it off just have it today like you know get out your system and I was like yeah okay so I went fucking ham literally <laughs> everything felt minging um, and it was that point where you know, strict dieting. you don't have exotic foods, I guess. Mm. Um, you don't have, you know, Jack Gad crumpets and... Jack Gad. Jack Gad fitness. not for days. He gets mentioned <laughs> on you every you single got a podcast. Link in yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
1: yes, you know, so it's real strict. So everything I ate just tastes so good. So the more I ate it, the more I wanted it. Uh, really went hard. I think it went down about 7,000 calories. Mm. Uh, yeah, I remember
0: you doing like quite... Odd, refees, like not 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 like not like odd. <laughs> yeah, odd is probably the word for them. But like not sort of massive emphasis on just carbohydrates. I think I remember you taking like carbs and fat. Yeah, all up quite significantly. Yeah. Now, granted, I sort of towards the end of my contest prep, I did the same, but with like just carbs. Like I just went stupidly high on carbs and made mistakes but do you think that the reason you were having the big like fat off refeeds with like a whole chocolate gatto was that because you sort of were like strict dieting throughout the week like granted you were still hitting fairly decent calories but do you think the food options that you were making were basically causing you to go into a mindset where the refeed came around and you had to fit as much shite into your macros um and did you ever have numbers on the refeed yeah you... every, everything was tracked okay um, and it, it was all planned the
1: day before so like i said i did have high. i think the highest carb that went was when i was like three days out on a wednesday i went to a thousand grams um yeah and that was that was a good day I've uh a few of them <laughs> Crazy happy, doesn't it? Um, you know, and high fat as well. So it was more of a case of getting food in that I could enjoy. Okay. You know, like I said, everything tasted so much better. Yeah. So like eating chocolate cake was like being in heaven. Um, it was so good.
0: Um, but, would you yeah, do that differently? Out of interest, like those refeeds, would you change them for the next time that you do prep? Uh, no. No.
1: Okay. What, what I would do is I would take those calories and dispense them throughout the week.
0: Okay, so you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily refeed. You'd just have higher calories throughout the week. Is yeah, that what you're yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting.
1: Um, and you know and try and disperse it with a, a low and a high day to sort of offset it a little bit I see. Uh, but, okay. but not so much as a refeed as when I went before. So um, granted what I did was pretty stupid, um, to be honest, it, it felt good and I looked good and mm-hmm. it allowed me to not chase the, the numbers as much, so the scale numbers, um, so I feel it worked, yeah. uh, ration, rationale behind it, because I wanted to, you know, I guess I was as good as any, um, but there's definitely different, better ways to do it, better choices. Sure. Uh, You know, it's a learning curve. So, plan on competing next year. I know how long I need. So, the first time I competed was 15 weeks, last time was 18 weeks. Um, I reckon 18 weeks again would be spot on. Uh, Any longer from where I am now isn't really necessary. Um, I don't want to make it, you know, in and out. I don't want it to be stupidly long. So, sort of, 18 weeks seems like a good amount. Um, I think that's what people forget as well is when you for 18 20 weeks I say and you do a show and you qualify you've got another 18 20 weeks to go until the finals
0: yeah well it depends doesn't it like it depends yeah. obviously you, what you show could be you be quite pick. late didn't you yeah if you pick a late show that's something that could be beneficial because then you've obviously got a shorter time period to, to for the jump to the final and with the change with the MPA bringing their finals very close to the BNBF then it actually benefits quite a lot of competitors because these two federations used to have their finals massively split up so there was the BNBF finals and then there was a bit about five week gap to the MPA, whereas now they're a week um, yeah. in between each other so you can sort of do both and still be alive um, yeah. however when you when you have yeah it's that longevity point of view like can you stay lean for that long obviously there's an argument of like you could reverse diet you could bring calories up you could have a diet break after the show but I think once you've sort of got lean there's you and you felt the repercussions of getting lean staying there for any period of time granted raising calories reversing whatever it's going to be relatively uncomfortable to sort of maintain that for a period of time Uh, especially training just goes down the pan quite free quite fast uh when you're sort of staying lean for that long i know my my training certainly did um so psychologically harry do you think there's anything that really sort of affected you throughout your prep that's also relative to your uni so like stress of exams stress of doing well stress of trying to impress or or trying to obviously get the job that you want in the future do you think at any point you were like man can i really handle the external stress that not only dieting is promoting, but but also the uni. How did you deal with stress?
1: It's it. quite funny because I'm really not a person to stress. Mm-hmm. So you know me quite well. I'm, you know, preaching, smiling, and feeling good, and just positive vibes. So if I'm stressed, it's got to be something big. Um, and it, when I'm stressed, it's more of a one big chunk at one go and then that's it okay so to put that into context when dieting this really affected my uni work because it just made me feel so bad um i was about three or four times when i'd be in the gym i'd be training and you catch a glimpse of yourself or you know you're not moving the weight you want to move and you just feel shit i remember training one day and i was always stronger than my gym partner and then one day i come in he's stronger than me and then another guy that I'm stronger stronger than me, and I'm like, God, what the fuck's happened? Um I just remember just being in those tough times. Where you just sit in the gym, in the corner, and just cry. Like you know, that's <laughs> that's how that happened. happened. About three times when you know, I'm sat down in the corner, of my shredded glutes, thinking like, I'm not lean enough. Like would I'm you, not ready.
0: Would you, would that be an outlet for you then? Would you like? Would you not really be the type to sort of? Hold it in, would you just let it out and then it's gone? Yeah, because, yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. I'm a highly emotive person. So you know, I don't like to store things. Mm-hmm. So at times like that, you know, fuck it. Just do it. Get it get it done with when it's done. You know, next day back to normal, crack on with it. It's not something yeah. that goes and goes and goes. You know, if someone pisses me off, I'll be like, You pissed me off, let's get over it. Happy days, it's done. Yep. It's not something I grudge or it's not something I'd like to keep feeling. If I feel like shit. Where it's like, well, why do I want to feel like shit? I'm going to make myself feel better. You know, and it may sound silly. It may sound like, well, it's easier said than done. But it's from repetition of doing it that yep. it's got better. So when I competed last year, I placed third. I didn't want to binge hard, but I did. I got kicked out of the gym. Well, I didn't get kicked. I got banned. We won't go there. <laughs> I, got no, won't. For, <laughs> I got a lot of stories for you. Um, got banned from the gym i was at home living in the middle of nowhere having relationship issues i just placed where i didn't want to place all i could see was the future all this negativity
0: yeah. yeah
1: so much at one go um so i went back to cardiff i tried to train here split up my, my girlfriend came home decided not to compete got put a lot of weight on and i put on like 20 pounds in like 10 days or something stupid like that serious like, wow i didn't really, realize it was
0: that car
1: yeah epic. i got real fat real quick um Hated training, hated eating, hated lifting, and that I went. F- that started in mid June, okay, and that, that lasted until early this year. You no, know? so that was a real tough time.
0: Long time, yeah. Um, it
1: took a long time to get used to eating food. So I'd track for a few bits, and then I'd have a massive binge. And Why did that
0: happen? <laughs> what do you think that was the main reason behind that happening?
1: What, binging or just feeling that, shit yeah, that way? Yeah,
0: just that long, long period of time where you weren't so happy with how things were going with food or your physique. Uh,
1: because I knew I could do better.
0: Okay. And I, I knew deep
1: down that, you know, I didn't have to break up of my was-then-girlfriend because that was on me. I didn't have to drop out of competing because that was on me. I didn't have to eat all the shit like that because that was on me. You know, and everything was like, and now I look back, so I could have reversed out of it or you know, done it gradually. I could have competed in the British finals. I could have competed in the BMBF, which was the plan as well. Um, but I didn't because it was on me who fucked it up. And that was really hard to deal with. Um, so I like to know that if I'm doing something, I do it as well as I can. Mm. Um, you know, it might not be great, but if it's as well as I can, then that's, you know, that's as well as I can. Yeah. So looking back and thinking, I didn't do as good as I can, and wanting that second chance, so I know that next year when I compete, it's just as much as proving to myself and you know showing to myself that I can actually come out of a show because obviously it's happened twice now. Well, I've lost my head afterwards. So next year is really a really case of getting involved in doing it and staying consistent. Um, and I'm sure it's the same as you, especially this past year for yourself. Sure. Your network has grown massive.
0: Oh yeah, so the sure.
1: The amount of support you get from people who know what you're about is huge. Mm. So when I competed the first time, I knew nobody, didn't see anyone. When I competed the second time, I had uni friends, I had a few bodybuilding friends, and then coming out of the MPA last year, you know, massive influx of social awareness and networking and people who respect who you are and what you do. And I think that, as much as you don't want to say it, you know, that sort of feeds you, yeah, that you, definitely. you, you know, if you don't uphold your standards, people will know, and they'll be like, what are you doing? Um, so I think that's that's a big thing. The, the taking it back a step to this side of sort of getting depressed post show and influxing that with uni. Um, that was another part that uni was like getaway from training, whereas before it would be the other way around. You know, wow. Training training would be that getaway from uni. So you know that sort of therapy to to make you feel better. Mm. Uh, whereas it was literally like I want to go up and I want to go to uni. I want to spend hours in the library. When I, never, I was never that person to sit in the library. But, you know, I want to sit on my computer. I want to type. I want to do research. I want to do this and that. Just because it got me away. Yeah. And I, I knew that... So I didn't compete this year because I wanted to take a year off to focus on uni. So it was really good to get that drive to get away from something, to focus on something else now. Um, you know, and that paid off big time.
0: Sure. I think, like, what you've basically highlighted again is that focus thing. So... When you didn't have training going well, you had the focus of uni, which was benefiting you. So I think that's obviously a massive benefit for for anyone that maybe like takes training that edge too far, like that edge too seriously, like maybe something that like investing themselves in something else helps take that edge off them a little bit, um and just make them a bit more rounded. So that's obviously something that you've done, like you're both very rounded in your Training and your work, in how you post on social media, like it's becoming more rounded rather than just being someone that, like, is training, like, or just trains. Like, you're you've got lots of stuff going on, which feeds the fuels the fire for loads of different things. So I think that's really important. Um, so I think in terms of, like, how you've balanced uni and everything like that, we've really sort of like hit on a lot of stuff which is really, really positive and really good and a lot of people that can sort of take away from it. Now, what would you, like your main advice for, for people going into uni that maybe already have a bodybuilding goal, maybe they're gaining at the moment um, or they're looking to compete in the future. I know there's a lot of people that are at uni that are looking to compete. Cool. Um, so what would your main sort of a tips or advice be uh, to an individual that's that was sort of looking to balance both now you've touched on a lot already but sort of give your main bits of advice from what you've learnt
1: yeah, um, okay keeping the goal the goal so you're at uni for a reason make that your priority if I've I said from the start of year two that I wanted to the first so I knew that my bodybuilding goals had to come down a notch for my university to come up so not competing this year allowed me to get my first so that was a big deal so when you're at uni, be at uni, get that done. Um, and you, you, I hate saying this, but you need to have that balance. Um, there's always time to compete, uh, but I'm 35 grand in debt, and I'd rather spend that time actually making the most of being at uni. Um, you know, so use it wisely, but don't like don't lose the roots of why you do what you do. Especially coming, because a lot of people come from home where it's all comfy and cushy and nice to uni where people want to slam alcohol and stay up late at night party and, and you know, fuck you off pretty much. <laughs> hmm. we, and, and each to their own. Uh, each yeah, to their sure. own completely. I'm, I've,
0: I didn't go out at all in my second
1: year. Um, I barely yeah how drink, would you say like, you balance
0: that like if, if people invited you out for alcohol or drinks like how would you eventually balance that i know actually steve hall talked about this on his snapchat like how you can get off from not drinking alcohol and stuff <laughs> um, but um how did you avoid it because obviously, it's a regular occurrence yeah so first year
1: i got to uni and everyone does this They're like yeah i'm gonna focus on gym and get massive and, you know, be the biggest guy on campus and really engage it. And then you end up drinking and you fuck off and that doesn't happen, you know, and then I'll be like, come back the second year, but like, I want to get the biggest guy on campus, you know, I fucked last year off, but I know what to do now. And then it doesn't happen. And then you, you know, you see the picture. Um, so I think social norm at uni is to binge drink and go ham as fuck every time you get the chance to. Um, but then, you know, you got to remember what sort of person you are. So I'm the sort of person to go to bed at like eight o'clock and wake up at like six and I'm the sort of person to eat healthy because I want to. So if someone comes up to me and says like, Harry, do you want to go on a bender tonight and, you know, binge on Chippy Alley later? It's <laughs> like, it's like that doesn't appeal. Yeah. You know, and it's that thought of, well, I'm, <laughs> I'm a sucker for alcohol. You know, uh, brought up with it and I've never really had that desire to to have it yeah um which is which is quite nice but it's lost lost my hand in here um you know so when people like do you want to drink it's like well that's not really me I don't actually want to um because I drink I binge drink that night I'll waste a lot of money. I'll wake up, I'll feel shit, I won't eat my diet, I won't train. that last
0: is that what you'd two... actually say to them? Like would you what would you what would your exact wording be? So say Big Big John comes through to your uh to your place tonight and says, Harry, we need to go out on a bender, what would your exact words be to Big John? Fuck that. <laughs> Was that would that be your exact words? pretty proper yeah well I'm some, sort of, some sort of fuck word in wouldn't it <laughs>
1: um <laughs> you know yeah it, it doesn't appeal you know if some if my housemates came in like Harry well fuck going out with them but like they came in were like <laughs> Harry do you want to come out for a drink I'd be like why and they'd be like because you can I'd be like no I can't think of anything worse Just to spend no. my time I'm, yes. I'm actually saying that I'm going out to a wedding reception tonight yeah okay um what you drink
0: <laughs> possibly yeah yeah because because it's you know it's enjoying it when when I can is it an um, environmental thing then so you think like in the right environment you wouldn't mind alcohol obviously prep diet different but in the place where you are now in a comfortable surplus like obviously but for you it's it's a comfortable surplus it's in it's the environment that obviously makes a big difference so like at a wedding, wedding reception it's completely different to Blazing it up down the uh, down the bars and the clubs, so you know. Yeah. Do you think that that makes a big difference? Then well,
1: I, I didn't drink. I drank at New Year's. Didn't drink the whole year. Drank at New Year's, and then pretty, I don't think I drank the next year until like September October. Okay. So, and every time I'd, I'd be in those situations, everyone would get their beer and I would get water. Okay. You know, I was like, I'm not going to bother getting a diet coke and get my wallet out. I just have a water. Um, you know, you I don't know if you do that, but you get a lot of people like. Oh, what's wrong with you? Like, why are you drinking water? Like, have a beer, be a man, that sort of shit. And I'm like, mm, no, I want it. So, you, know, you do get a lot of people hound down on you for your choices. Um, especially at uni. If you say, I don't want to drink, they'll be like, why? Well, what's wrong with you? Uh, like, you know, have a beer. Um, you're at uni. That's my worst one. You're at mm. uni. It's like, yeah, I'm at uni. I'm here to get a degree, idiot. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, but then I went a long time without drinking. And then it was sort of in the back of my mind, especially coming off off of last year, that if I start drinking, I'll just get fat. And I hate the idea of getting fat. It really doesn't do it for me. Um, so I was like, I can't even have one because I'll wake up 20 stone, overweight, obese, with diabetes. Um,
0: of course. <laughs> of course.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, I, you know, that a bit extreme maybe, but that was the case. And then it was like, right, one night I went out with friends and I was like, I'm going to have a beer. And I had one, I had a, had, a, had a good fair food to me. And I was, woke up, <laughs> everything was fine, you know, didn't wasn't 20 stone obese, um, so it's like you know, I can have this, but I'm not gonna do it every day, yeah, sure. You know, I can eat chocolate cake, but I'm not gonna do it every day, sure, sure, um, sure. Uh, I, I'm all about being strict and just saying no, but then recently it's more about actually saying yes because you want to,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah of course.
1: If I had a good enough reason to go out, you know, um. Like I didn't go out the other night, but we had a, a work do because one of the guys is getting married, so it was like a stag. We went out, ended interestingly. But, <laughs> you know, it, it was a it was a good night. I had a few beers, but I didn't go stupid because I needed to get up in the morning, train, coach, um, and and do do the stuff I actually needed to do. Yeah. Um. So, you know, balance and stuff like that. It's the same with anything. Um. You at uni, you've always got time to train. That's the shittest excuse ever. Regardless of what's going on, you know you do make your own choices while you're there. No one's gonna. If you want to prep your food at night, and your chicken and broccoli, or whatever these kids eat these days, and you know stick in tubware and hold it in your fridge while everyone's cooking bacon and beans and having a bud. <laughs> that, that's on them, and you've got to maintain your ambitions and your goals while there.
0: Hundred percent, yeah.
1: Um, because at the end, the way I see it now. I finished uni and all my mates have gone home. No one cares that I competed last year. No one cares that I got fat and depressed. No one cares that I'm here now in Cardiff. You know, everyone cares about their self. But I don't look at you and think like, oh, AJ, you're two pound overweight and you don't look at me being like, Harry, you look shredded. You know, (laughs) (laughs) you you think, you know, do, do I look right on camera? Like, you know, that yeah. you know what I mean? you do that sort of thing that you care about you. You don't care yeah. I don't care about you. Like obviously I care if you look good, but it's <laughs> that point, it's that point of people don't care. Yeah. So ignore that. They couldn't care if you got shredded or you know, you were the most jacked guy around. They I do agree with their, that. They care about their weekend bender and where they're going and how many birds they're gonna bang and stuff like that. You know? It's the
0: same with like my or your like your Snapchats, my Snapchats. Like I do, I do like a live stream video pretty much every morning and I walk around the streets of Hayward Teeth full of, well not full of, it's not London, but like there's, <laughs> there's like five or six commuters that I see on a regular basis. And I walk past like a garage full of blokes and, you know, you get the occasional look and the stare like why the fuck's he filming yeah, himself? Yeah, because it's
1: weird just, just be there like that, just like talking to your phone.
0: Yeah. It, but like what the fuck?
1: But then if that's what you want to do, then do it.
0: Yeah, exactly. They, just, they just don't still, actually down the road
1: too much. They, they start talking about whatever. They're not going to be there at like 7 o'clock in the evening watching it and down and be like, oh, you remember that guy who passed earlier on his phone? You know, they yeah, don't exactly. give a fuck.
0: Exactly. It's yeah. easily forgotten and I think that's like one of the biggest things when, you know, as a, as a round-up for this like giant, huge topic that we've sort of touched, <laughs> half-touched, <laughs> slash chat, uh, maybe change the topic title. <laughs> um, but, like is like focusing on yourself and why that's so important because obviously there's an element of why like maybe at at the point where you were struggling obviously you were still focusing on you but you maybe thought quite a lot externally about what people were thinking about you you had external issues with relationships breaking down you know a lot of that is either you know you you were sort of holding on to things that were sort of happening in the past and then elongating it um rather than sort of focusing on on what was happening now with yourself how you felt and can you deal with it type thing um so i think that is a a really really good point um so harry don't want to keep you for too long um hitting about 50 minutes on the podcast so if anyone has listened or watched this far i thank you very much now harry I know you're alive and well on social media, so give the listeners an idea as to where you're most active and then obviously give all your handles on everything. Also, tell the listeners a little bit about your group if you think anyone would benefit from the group itself because you are really regularly posting in there, so give them the roundup. Okay,
1: so uh, the group I run, I guess you'd call it Run, is called Stand Tall Performance. Um, It's a group of like-minded people. So it's been going for about eight months, I think. It's got about 80 people in, most from the bodybuilding scene or rowing scene, because I coach rowing, um, or like, you know, good uni scene, where it's like-minded people who talk about good shit, you know, shit that happens, making shit happens, how a daily experience in your day has affected you. So a lot of my posts are about my reflections. And how you can take my experiences onto you. And likewise, if you feel you've got a point that needs delivering, mm. post it up because people want to be told what's good and what's not. Yeah. And pe- people like to hear experience of other people. Um, so that's what it's about. Stanton Performance. Uh, it's a private group, but I'm sure AJ can stick a link for it yeah, on there.
0: I'll link it, yeah.
1: Um, Instagram, which is where it's at. If you want, Loads of nude selfies and memes. <laughs> um, follow AJ Morris. <laughs> um, handle with Harry Johnson underscore ninety four. It's okay. uh, probably one of my most uh, most run and Snapchat Harry with three R's underscore Harry J. J
0: yeah. yeah,
1: worst idea ever. <laughs> Everyone takes the piss, but yeah. So Instagram and Snapchat's where Snapchat it's at.
0: Cool. cool so what's the plans moving forward i know you mentioned a master's and competing but yeah just round it up what's the plans for the rest of this year and then moving on to next year just so the listener can sort of stay in touch and want figure out whether you're good enough to follow or not
1: yeah yeah please <laughs> um <laughs> so the plan is uh academically doing a master's in strength and conditioning which starts on the 26th of this month oh wow cool. uh, should be real good fun uh, hopefully that goes well yeah. uh, so that's academically work uh, competing so at the moment it's just real chilled I'm eating a lot I'm training as fucking hard as I can and loving it and I don't need that any other way I don't need to be OCD with uh, Excel sheets and MyFitnessPal yeah, um, because it works yeah um, so I compete next year, uh, start prep fairly soon after Christmas, cool. And then
0: any sort of specific shows that you might target, do you know, or not really decided yet? Not really decided. NPA, okay.
1: BMBF, southern ones, and then okay. maybe double, double, and the ones you are because I not compete against you and beat you. <laughs> will
0: you still be a junior? Yeah, you will, won't you?
1: Possibly in the BMBF.
0: Oh, okay, not maybe. yeah, not in NPA. No. yeah, of course. I no. So oh, How old? Are you? How old are you? Out of interest. Twenty-two. Twenty-two. When are you
1: twenty-three? Um, end of June next year.
0: Oh, okay. You'll be able to compete in the qualifier, but you won't be able to compete in the finals. Yeah, so. I meant
1: last year, but they said no because you have to be it on the date of the finals, not the qualifier, which sucks yeah. big time. So I'll be I'll be a weight class. I'll be in the lightweights.
0: Yeah, you might compete in the M- MPA against me. And you'll Ooh. thrash me to
1: bits. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Possibly serious. When made by Morris biceps. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh yeah, so yeah, definitely you need to follow Harry because we might be competing in similar feds next mm. year when the shredders return. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, anyway, uh, Harry has got a wedding reception to go to, so I'm going to let him go to that. Thanks again to anyone that has listened to the full podcast. Um, you, Me and Harry really appreciate it. Harry, you got anything else to say? Otherwise, we'll sign out. Uh, thanks for having me. It's been cool. a pleasure. No I'm worries, good. bro. Right, see you later, guys. Thanks very much for watching again.